All-Star Weekend is over, and the finish line is in sight. We talk about the news out of Brooklyn regarding Goran Dragic, our takeaways for the big celebration in Cleveland, and much more coming up next. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we missed an episode earlier this week because, of course, we, like much of the NBA, is reveling in the 75th anniversary of the league, the 75 best players. And we'll take we'll give our takeaways from the big celebration in Cleveland in the next couple segments. And I'll also launch into an all-star related Monday madness, even though it's more like a Tuesday tirade at this point. But we'll start off the week and this show by talking about the rather, if not unexpected, but unfortunate news coming out of Brooklyn. That Goran Dragic, the longtime point guard for the Miami Heat, has chosen to sign, according to various reports, with the Brooklyn Nets. Wes, I know we had talked about Goran at various times over the last couple of weeks, and you were you never really thought there was any chance of him coming to the team. But now that we finally got the news, what's your takeaway of all that? Uh, finally that it's done and good for Goran, honestly, because he's going to get so much more opportunity in Brooklyn than he would have in Miami. And look, okay. I, I think is he though? Is I he? mean, he is, uh, he's is going he? to play I, that, according to the, the Steve Nash sold him. This is according to the athletic and ESPN. Steve Nash sold him on the fact that look, Kyrie can only play road games right now. And even if you lift them, the mandate that that's a guard heavy team, right? That's a perimeter oriented team. You could play. Just like they've played Kyrie Irving and Patty Mills together in very yeah. rare instances, you could play Kyrie and Dragic together. You could play Patty Mills and Dragic together. Like you can, that there's that's a, such a perimeter oriented team that there's going to be room for more ball handlers, and they do need more ball handlers. He'll have much more playing time there, at least than he would have in Miami. That's for sure, and we know that because first of all, Kyle Lowry is a starting point guard. Tyler Hero is a six-man-of-the-year leader right now. Gabe Vincent has earned himself a role and at this point does more for what Miami needs than Goran Dragic would, even though Dragic is certainly a better on-ball player, probably a better a better scorer overall. But Gabe Vincent, what he could do defensively, he's a better three-point shooter than Goran Dragic at this point in his career, it looks like, at least from the percentages. Um, yeah, he just does more. He has done nothing to, to have that role stripped away from him. And you also have Victor Oladipo coming back at some point who's going to need minutes. So, and, and we know that there wasn't room for Dragic in the rotation because Miami didn't even bother, according to Anthony Chang from Miami Herald, reach out to Goran Dragic because they knew they couldn't offer him what he wanted, which was a chance to play. He wanted a chance to play. At the end of the day, I think he would have liked a, an opportunity in Miami, but only if he could actually play. Only if he could play. And that just was never going to happen. And so Miami didn't even bother Goran Dragic with it. Now, I think... He'll have that opportunity in Brooklyn. And then once the season's over, it would not shock me if the Heat circled back to Goran Dragic and said, sure. hey, you know what, is there, is there, can we offer you maybe a smaller role here, maybe to finish out your career 
and all these things. Maybe that's something that they can look back back around on. But for right now, in the middle of the year, I'm glad. My big takeaway, I'm glad that we're done with this Dragic stuff because, you know, the rumors just never made sense to me. It just never made sense as a connection to me. There was just never enough room for Goran Dragic in the rotation. Well, I, I thought they could have made room. If he had expressed to the team, look, Playing time doesn't matter. I, I want to just be part of this chemistry. I want to be part of this championship. I devoted seven years of up and down, you know, an, an up and down tenure with Miami. And and look, it, it could have been. We've seen players accept lesser playing roles for the quality of life, right? I think if that's a, it's something that they prioritize, right. especially later in their career. We've seen this before. They know they're not going to get playing time. Look, I mean, Jared Dudley wound up winning a championship ring with the Los Angeles Lakers barely getting any playing time when there's a good chance he probably could have joined another team and competed for more minutes there. I thought, if anything, that would have been the strongest indicator of where why uh, Goran would have chosen to come to Miami. But there were two X factors there. One, I think, Victor Oladipo certainly is the biggest one, as you mentioned. The fact that he's coming back, and I think that Miami, if reports are true that the Heat haven't shown any interest in signing Goran Dragic, it's probably because they feel pretty confident, as you said, in Kyle Lowry, in Gabe Vincent, and also in Victor Oladipo in his imminent return, which seems likely yeah. to come at some point soon. And knowing that, well, then you really don't have any option for Goran here. Uh, and then also Steve Nash, something I didn't even consider because we thought it seemed like Milwaukee was the most likely scenario for him, right? Because they had cleared space. Uh, they had the open roster spot. They lost Dante DiVincenzo in the trade there. So it seemed like, well, all of a sudden, you know, well, Pat Connaughton also injured. They needed a guard. If they're going to compete for a championship, there's a good chance that they'll probably need somebody to fill in that void. And they might have other options as buyout candidates, but Goron was the strongest candidate to join that team. Instead, he goes to his mentor, and I remember, I mean, we've heard from him a number of times. I remember yeah. talking to him for a feature I did years ago about Steve Nash's strong influence, a strong friendship there when they were first, you know, building their careers in Phoenix. So I think that was the the strong connection for Goran and why he leaned towards signing with Brooklyn. I, I look, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Of course. Just from a good vibes perspective. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm happy for Goran if this is yeah. the opportunity for him. Having said all that, I hope Jimmy Butler whoops his ass. I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean. <laughs> I think that's fair, right? Like Kyle Lowry has to have a good, you know, presence against him. I, I'm sure he'll defend the hell out of Goran, just as he always would. Well, I I don't think that the Heat, I don't think Heat fans can be upset with Goran Dragic. I don't think that's what no. you're saying, but I, I you, no, you see a little not. bit of that. Like the Heat got rid of Dragic to get Kyle Lowry. They chose not to have Goran Dragic, and it would be understandable if Goran Dragic was like, "You chose not to have me." I don't owe anything to this organization. And Absolutely. Look, I'm not saying there are any bad vibes between Dragic and the Heat. It doesn't seem like there are, right? Like that yeah. he's at he's at more Heat games this year than, you know, Bam Adebayo was in December. Like it was it was uh he's there all the time, but yeah, the Steve Nash bond is certainly a huge factor and just the matter of like you looked at the list of teams that he was reportedly considering and there were all contending teams. Right. Uh and so there's obviously a need from him. Yeah, at 35 years old Dragic, yeah, maybe you're thinking, maybe he's in the twilight of his career and he's just looking for somewhere to go where he could belong and have some good vibes. But he he wanted to compete for a championship. He already even with Toronto, with the team that he was on, he didn't want to play for them because they're a fun kind of end of the playoff uh, mix type of team, but they're not a right. championship contender by any stretch. And he didn't want to play Ooh. for a team that was anything Don't tell less. Raptors fans, that yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, go listen to Lockdown Raptors. Uh, do like. 
he uh, wanted to compete for nothing short of a championship. And he actually wanted to compete. And I think this is the thing that gets lost when we have these kinds of conversations is this whole hometown vibe, come back home, Dragic, we love you. We never right. really wanted to get rid of you anyway. That matters much more to the fans than it does the players. At the end of the Absolutely. day, it doesn't matter how old these guys are. They want to play. They want to compete. That's what makes the Udonis Haslam thing so remarkable is that he hasn't really played in six years, and it hasn't mattered to him because of whatever it is that he can get. But that is the most extreme example, playing for literally the te- yeah. the, the team uh, for the city he grew up in uh, where he has incredible roots planted here. Like That's like the only way that that ever happens, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for Dragic, that was it. Can we talk quickly about the other options that, that Miami has? Because in a couple of days here, Alonzo Highsmith's 10-day is going to expire, and they're going to have an open roster spot. Uh, they obviously cleared that roster spot for a reason. They think that there might be, at least for nothing less than the flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many guys there are. There obviously don't. There doesn't appear to be a need or a want for a guard. So any guard that's out there on the buyout market, Probably isn't if you're a Heat fan, and it, it's not going to happen. They, they, they didn't go and we've seen people asking about John Wall. No, like, if he gets bought out for some reason, it's not. He's not coming to Miami, regardless. So yeah, uh, I mean, there's no from that possibility. Exactly. So uh, it would appear that it would be a wing player or a front court player, and I, I think you can eliminate center also because of how much depth there is. So I think it's either you know uh, a wing or a or a backup power forward uh, in case Markeith right. Morris can't come back. That right. player it, uh, does not appear right now. <laughs> that player doesn't appear available. There are some right. names being thrown out there. Um, I think it was Ira Rindewin from the Sun Sentinel uh, kind of throwing Mike Muscala's name out there in an article recently. I haven't heard any indication that he would want to buy out, but maybe it's maybe Ira's hearing something that I'm not. Um, that seems like a logical choice there, kind of like a Myers Leonard type guy who could play next to Bam Adebayo. We've seen it work in the past. Um, if that's something that they want to explore, um, I guess it could work, but. I don't. I don't really know what other option there is right now for that buyout. Surprising, a little surprising that Tristan Thompson would join the Chicago Bulls too. He was bought out by the Indiana Pacers before the All Star break. That was my favorite news ever broken. That Rick Carlisle just told the media that was afterwards. Something. That yeah. was the hell ultimate game. gaff, right? Hell of like, a game. Yeah, that was hell of a game. Uh, but he won't be here much longer because uh, he'll actually be waived and joining the Chicago Bulls. Like he broke the news already. Right. Like, I don't know. Is that like reverse tampering? How does that work? If the team says, look, we already know where he's going. We're going to cut him anyway. Don't even get me started on this tampering crap too, because the fact that nobody's going to get fined or penalized for the Simmons, James Harden stuff is, is crazy to me. Uh, there was never an investigation announced. Adam Silver just said, yeah, we're kind of looking into it. BS. I'll believe you're looking into it when you have a whole press release and a, a, a to do <laughs> Uh, pearl clenching type deal like you had with the Kyle Lowry stuff with Miami. Like, get out of here. I don't know why the Heat are the only team. That... And the Bulls already got penalized for the Lonzo Ball stuff, and now they're just going to turn their head, their, turn the other cheek on the Tristan Thompson thing? Like, obviously that's tampering. The guy's not even released yet. Of course there's tampering. He's already agreed to a contract with Chicago, and he's, play- and it, uh, he's playing for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Gorn waited a few number, a number of days. Like, I mean, first of all, he was, like, floating aimlessly with Toronto for months. So, right. I mean, it could have plenty of time to, to guess where you want to play next but then it gets traded to san antonio the buyout eventually actually happens this was like no we're gonna wave him tomorrow but we already know he's going somewhere else like unbelievable never seen this before in nba history but yeah. you know what good but where's tonight. where's the pearl clenching now where's the out where where's the outrage now it's just when kyle yeah. lowry sounds with the heat that's it yeah i mean i've got some concerns uh about some other things that adam silver said and we'll talk about that in the next segment but oh. uh, any other names that you think uh, really stand out there on the market. No. I, I can't think of any other. Like, I mean, 
there's almost invariably a, a surprise name that comes out. Uh, you know, now that the All Star break is over, there's only 20, 30, was it 23 games left? Only 23 games left in the season. I don't know why they even call it this a midpoint at this point. But uh, there's only 23 games left, so maybe we'll see a surprise name from some of the bottom-dwelling teams. Yeah. Maybe a team like Indiana continues to clear house a little bit. We'll see how it plays out. And, Worth mentioning you know, that March 1st, a play, any player bought out has to be released by March 1st in order to sign with the team and still be eligible for the playoffs. So a that's week, a date we're yeah. circling. Yeah, a week, basically. Not, yeah. not a lot of time to, for teams to figure it out. And uh, Miami, I think... Look, if, if they're not interested in bringing Goron for the number of reasons that we've already detailed, chances are they feel pretty good about their roster. And, yes, mm-hmm. they'd probably like to make a, a little bit of an upgrade at the 3-4. But other than that, I think they feel pretty comfortable with their roster and their chances at competing for a title. But, anyway, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at other points throughout the rest of the regular season. But for now, we'll move on and get into our takeaways from the All-Star game. But first, just a reminder that this show is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a time of year where a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. But if you had a resolution about eating healthy, well, it's probably a little easier to stick to if you buy Built Bars because it doesn't even feel like a protein bar. It tastes great. It gets 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Again, just it's like, it's like eating a candy bar, but even better because they're good for you too. So many different flavors. Uh, the Puffs, you probably haven't tried those yet because they're a relatively new product. But they're their first ever, first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're 100% covered in real chocolate, just like the rest of their great products. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bar with these, and they're so much better for you. And you won't feel like you're sacrificing any of the taste and getting all the things that you might be looking for in a protein bar. So many different great flavors. Get a mixed box. Build them all. Uh, keep some for yourself. Uh, you know, Give some out to friends and family. Lots of different options there, but only if you go to built.com. But best of all, if you use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your order. So use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to the Lockdown Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel, which you should all be subscribed to after you subscribe to the Lockdown Heat YouTube channel, of course. But you know what? It was a huge celebration in Cleveland this past weekend. Unfortunately, I uh, I am really really upset. I was not in attendance there for reasons I show I won't go into on the show, but I did not make it out to Cleveland. But it was still interesting to see all the news. All the video, all the images, mm-hmm. the still shots of all this camaraderie, this huge celebration. Nobody does it quite like the NBA. Like the Pro Bowl is like this empty sham of a, an event. Uh, Major League Baseball tries to do something close with the home run yeah. derby, but nothing has the excitement of just a whole weekend devoted to the league. Like if you haven't attended an all-star weekend, it, it's just like the NBA runs everything. Every There's pop-up stores all over. Every restaurant has some kind of crossover promotional tie-in or something like that. There's Every bar has a late-night event. We have a DJ brought into town just for a special party with all-stars going to be flooding in through there. There's so much going on. And even from a media perspective, it's like nonstop. Like it's 7 o'clock in the morning, you've got to be out the door to your next, your first stop. And then from there, it's just a, a schedule of events all day long. So much fun. But anyway... Uh, that was something I missed out on, uh, yeah. unfortunately. But you know what? That's okay. 
there was also uh, there was a lot else going on in Cleveland, and I'm sure you want to talk about it. Was there anything that really stood out to you from this past um, weekend and the festivities? Just that I love the Elam ending, and I'm all in on it. I'm all in on the Elam ending. I think it should replace fourth quarters in the NBA during the regular season and in the playoffs. I think we should go all in. Uh, the fact that you just play three quarters, add 24 points to the to the highest score, and make that the target score, and then you have to play to that score regardless of how much time it takes. You're eliminating like those garbage time minutes because they by definition, can't exist. Once you hit the target score, right. you win. That's games. The game's over. You're not trying to fill the final two or three minutes of a game anymore. You're guaranteed a game-winning shot every single game. And that yep. all-star game, I know Steph Curry was the exciting part. It was He was... I don't mean to rain on the Steph Curry parade, and I know this is like not an okay thing to do because no matter what, everybody's supposed to love Steph. And, and I do love Steph. I love watching Steph. Uh, <laughs> I covered Steph. Uh, but... It, it was a little ball hoggy at some points. I was like, this is the all-star game, not the Steph show. And it kind of Ooh. got annoying to me a little bit. Like really? I get that you're trying, you're gunning for the MVP. You hit 16 threes, but it took you like 33 point attempts to get it. And I'm not all that impressed. Um, look, I, wow. I shouldn't say I'm not that impressed. It was an impressive yeah. showing, even though he wasn't being guarded at all. But yeah. uh, I, that's not what I sign up for. I want to see everybody get some shots. So I love the fact that LeBron at the very end of the game was like, Steph missed Three chances, almost shot them out of the game despite scoring 48 points, almost shot them out of the game. Zach Levine had back-to-back shots, got them back in, made it a one possession, got uh, Team Durant back into one possession, and Team LeBron, LeBron's like, you know what, Steph, you've had your time. This is why I'm the guy that has finals MVPs on my resume, and you don't. I'm going to go ahead and hit this little uh, turnaround fadeaway jumper a la Michael Jordan and end this game, and that's exactly what he did. And that was so exciting to me. I love that, and I, I, I really... If the only reason we don't have the Elam ending is just because we haven't had the Elam ending just because of tradition, that to me is not a good enough reason. The Elam ending is a superior way to end a basketball game. And I don't think there's any argument against it. Like, how could you? You are guaranteed a game winner and you are guaranteed to eliminate garbage time every single night. Why would you not want to watch every game that way? It's a no brainer to me. I I, I feel like. You know, a lot has come up this weekend. You know, even in the, the the juxtaposition of them celebrating the 75 best players, the league winds up coming across as being very progressive and open-minded and also very backwards at the same time. And I yeah. think your argument about the Elam ending kind of encapsulates that because, like, they want to try it, but we don't really want to try it. Let's step back yeah. a little bit. Let's not, you know, let's only dip our toes there. And let's not plunge headfirst into it because it's too too controversial. Here's too my different. prediction. They're not ready. Adam Silver is going to implement this midseason tournament at some point because he seems like oh, yeah. the only one who really wants to do it. And but oh. he's the commissioner, so good for yeah, him. That's, that's uh, what happens. But I, my prediction is this midseason tournament will involve the Elam ending. That's my prediction. It'll be different from the other games. And I think that'll be the way that they sort of straddle the line because there and a way count. to actually make it different and, and, and exciting right. in a way that it otherwise wouldn't be. So, right. yeah, yeah, look, I mean, in that sense, uh, you know, the, the, the league has kind of defined how people see these things like uh you know the play-in tournament was much complained about and then now everybody kind of loves it because it gives three other teams a chance you've got that play-in game that's really always very exciting it has been for the last couple seasons since the bubble and i think you know as much as people complain about things eventually they'll buy into it i don't know i'm sure they have their reasons for why they don't have the uh the elam ending 
uh, implemented much more completely or thoroughly. But you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save that discussion for another time. Uh, other than that, I personally, I loved all the celebration of the 75 top players in NBA history. Uh, I know that uh, many people, and rightfully so. I'm sorry? It was too long. That halftime, that, that, it took like an hour. Okay. I, I could see how that could be, that could have been done a little differently. But you know what? Just to see the names being represented there, I don't know. I don't know how they could have done it differently. What, to show all their names there? Like, no, the, no, it was nice. Little... Like, I just, the, when they, they kept talking about, oh, next, just wait until the 100 years and the next 25. Who's going to be in the next 25? I'm like, I don't know, but the whole, it's going to take like three days just to do the, the halftime show. That's like, going to take like its own special event. <laughs> and also, I will say this, though, like, it's time to stop up, you know, start upgrading like this these lists you can't just get an automatic buy-in or whatever you, you don't earn you don't get grandfathered into the next 25th anniversary list you know yeah. like some of these older players if you've listened to the jj reddick podcast he's got this running gag about Dolph chase uh you know i, I agree 100 percent. like you you know these guys are not the same as the contemporary players of today dame lillard would have smoked Bob Cousy out there, and that's not even close. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, who didn't even make the list, I, obviously would have been a much better player than. I, I, so I, I kind of go back context. and forth with that. I, I agree with you. You don't get like just because you made the first seventy-five doesn't mean you make the the top one hundred twenty-five years from now because there could be thirty players who come along between now and then who are better than right. you, right? right? And so, uh, but I do understand that you want to, you do want to make sure that the history of the game is preserved and, and sure. represented on that list. And, and so for that reason, I understand like if you were the best, if you were, for example, Kyrie Irving has never been the best point guard in the NBA. So if you were the top point guard, right, he's been one of the best five point guards in the NBA any given season, but he's never been number one, right? That's always been basically depth, yeah. Steph or Chris Paul for most of, uh, of Kyrie's career. So um, like if, you know, a point if, if if it's uh John Stockton, who you would argue maybe back then was the best point guard in the NBA, I, I think Kyrie would smoke John Stockton in a one-on-one. I don't think it would be very close. I don't know that John Stockton would score, but uh John Stockton was more meaningful to his era than I think Kyrie was to this one. And so uh mm. yeah, I that's kind of how I look at it, but whatever. Uh I, I don't mean to poo-poo on it. I was just saying it was really long. It was really cool to watch. My favorite part, I don't know about you, LeBron and MJ just hugging and and having that moment. On the middle of this. Well, first of all, Michael Jordan just going to the middle of the stage. I'm not. I'm pretty sure that was not where he was supposed to stand, but he did it anyway. Because huh. everybody was standing around the perimeter of the stage, and he's like, well, I'm just going to go in the middle. And he did, because he's, he's Michael Jordan. He can do whatever he wants. But he's then a billionaire. And, he's an <laughs> owner, one of 30 owners or governors of the NBA team, and he's also probably one of the top two players in NBA history. So having said all that, yeah, I'm pretty sure he gets to call the shots however But, but LeBron in the in the postgame saying that, uh, and you, I hadn't really thought about this, but the fact that him and MJ – not really been in the same building very much uh and and specifically for or especially i should say for something you know like this uh you know i'm sure every time that lebron's team is playing charlotte michael jordan is in that building but that doesn't really count there's not an opportunity to have this kind of moment in a competitive game like that this was really cool and that was really cool to see that publicly i'm have have that moment and then lebron talk about it uh to media after the game i thought that was just that to me was really neat also dennis rodman wearing a dennis rodman shirt that was sick. Well, I mean, that's just <laughs> that was great. Who, who could have seen that one coming? Like, obviously, that that was happened. Uh, also, look, a lot of great Heat representation. Not from Jimmy yes. Butler, unfortunately. He was not a great player in the All Star game. We should probably just gloss over that because, I mean, you know, it he wasn't played uh, t- I, nine minutes. Yeah, I only yeah, scored two points. Never. This is not. 
this is not the opportunity for him. This is just not the place for him to showcase his skill. Maybe he could have been a little bit more aggressive. Maybe he should have jacked up 33s like stuff. I don't think he ca- I don't think he cares. Like I really don't think like we've no. seen him be competitive before, but this is just not it. Uh but the Heat in general had great representation on the 75th anniversary. Alicia Keel O'Neill, of course, Ray Allen also there. We should give CB. a special shout out. Yeah. Chris. Uh, we oh no, he wasn't on top seventy five. No, no, Chris Bosch. But he was at the he was at the game. Sorry. Yeah. Uh but uh uh yeah Dwayne I'm sorry Bob McAdoo Bob McAdoo uh you know finally added to the list uh, an egregious egregiously left off the top 50 list as uh, the only MVP player to not have been able to do so in the previous list 25 years ago and now he gets his just desserts so he's part of the top 75 players in NBA history a great scorer great coach etc but also I think Dwayne Wade, like he, he just, he seemed like he was reveling in the moment, uh, a tweet later on saying how like he was just, I'm one of the best NBA players and, or one of the best players in NBA history. Wow. Uh, like yeah. he seems like he was genuinely pretty appreciative of that. I think, uh, in retirement, he's gotten a, a chance to step back and just kind of take it all in, get some context there, which is often missing when you're in the moment of your career. So good to see I'm him gonna, be a part of all this. You're stuff. right. And I love seeing that authentic reaction, not for, just from D-Wade, but from like a lot of, even LeBron. Like that react, that response seemed genuinely, like I felt that, you know, from everybody who talked about it. And that must yep. just be really cool. And just think about like you and I and our jobs. Like imagine if you and I got like honored for being like a great sports writer and all of a sudden we were getting like honored with like, the Lee Jenkinses of the world, and like we're like on a list with them, and you'd be like, "That's bananas!" Like, how is this even happening? It is. Like, it, it would, and so you can, I can only imagine what these guys are feeling. Not to compare us to them, but you know, I think that's natural. Like, if anybody in your profession, like, it would be cool. To, it's just yeah. awesome to be recognized by your peers, and it's just cool to see that. When you when you think about the fact that there's only 450 players in the NBA right now. And also some of these current players that are on the 75 greatest players list. But think about all the number of players that have existed throughout all of NBA history. It's not yeah. all that much because, you know, you had the league in its infancy when it was eight teams, basically. And, and then you kind of expanded out to where they are right now, 30. There haven't been a lot of a lot of great names there. I mean, there have been a lot of great names, but just it's just it's not the same thing. Like there's been so few NBA players in total to think that you're one of the 75 greatest in NBA history. You know, a kid that got drafted fifth overall at a Marquette University and he had the opportunity to really change the league. And I think we kind of realize that now from a younger generation of players, how they kind of grew up watching Dwayne mm-hmm. and appreciated everything he was able to do. He was a game changer his own way. I, obviously, LeBron gets, and deservedly so, a lot of the credit for being the best player of his generation, but Dwayne is right up there as well, alongside the Allen Iversons, the Kobe Bryants, yeah. and everybody Allen Allen Iversons a good comp. Like, I think the, the D-Wade... The way players respect D Wade reminds me a lot of the way players now or players back then respect like D Wade respected Allen Iverson. Like player, yeah. there's a lot of guys in the league that are in the league because they grew up watching D Wade. Like oh for it, sure, like it, they it, changed their game, the, the way the style of play yeah. to emulate Dwayne Wade's. Yes, absolutely, and it's like I said, very similar to Allen Iverson's type of um, uh, influence, right? Like oh yeah. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, that was more of like a greatness kind of influence, right? Kobe, I shouldn't like people tried to play like Kobe, but I don't think they yes. really thought but that Kobe they could was trying Kobe. to play like MJ. That's the whole right, thing. Right, like, exactly. The whole game was specifically patterned to be like Michael exactly. Jordan. So. And LeBron is the same way too. Like you're not going to emulate LeBron Un- unless you're 6'10 and running a 4'440 and 250 pounds. You're just not going to do it. But the, they try to replicate his greatness, just the way he carries himself. And that was, but with D Wade, because he wasn't the biggest guy, he wasn't even, I mean, he was really fast, but like he wasn't like, the fastest or the greatest leaper. He was good at those. He was great at those things. He was extremely athletic, but 
Like there wasn't a part of his game where you're like, I just can't replicate that, right? And, and there were a if lot. If there's a euro step in today's league, right. it's not because of Manu Ginobili, it's because of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, exactly. And and you know he had that kind of influence. Absolutely. Uh, well, anyway, you know who else has that influence? Bet online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your I'm sorry, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage while it's still going on. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Uh, now make sure that you can also email us at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show as always and leave a review. Well, if you're hearing that music, well, you know what time it is. It's Monday Madness on a Tuesday. Uh, we're a little bit delayed, but still feeling anger, mostly because as several tweets emanated from Saturday's poor showing at the Slam Dunk Contest, a lot of people took to social media to blast one Dwayne Wade, who we just talked about in the previous segment. And I have to say, it is ridiculous. It is absolute horseshit. People still blaming Dwayne Wade for what happened a couple of seasons in Chicago uh, because apparently he rigged the scores to give uh, an undeserving, undeserving Derek Jones Jr. the slam dunk title who should have gone to Aaron Gordon, and that Aaron Gordon now refuses to compete in the slam dunk contest because of Dwayne Wade's chicanery. Well, guess what? First of all, Derek Jones Jr. was absolutely deserving. His dunks were great. He didn't have to drag his nuts over Taco Fall's head in order to complete one dunk. Uh, you know, he actually managed to complete the dunk the way it was supposed to be completed. I think it was a perfectly great showing from him. It was a lot of fun. No. And Aaron Gordon... I like Aaron. I've said this before on the show, but I'll say it now via YouTube. Aaron Gordon is a bit of a, uh, well, you know what? He is a bit of a, a crybaby for things like this. I wanted to use a much more vulgar euphemism, okay. but I won't go that part. Uh, you know, he, he's you know he's cried both times that he's lost or it's been stolen from him when Zach Levine you know, was given the award over him. He cried when Derek Jones Jr. took it. And look, there was that one year where he participated and he was hurt. If he wants to dunk, he should be able to go out there and dunk. Nobody's keeping Aaron Gordon, not Dwayne Wade or anybody else other than Aaron Gordon from competing in the slam dunk contest. Yeah. The reason why it sucked this year is because they had terrible competitors. That's all. That's yeah. it. It's it's a hard event to duplicate. You have to get great dunkers. Like, I, Is there any world in where Caleb Martin would have been able to do a much better dunk than Jalen Green or Cole Anthony in the Timberlands? Like, I I think he would have been a much better competitor. Maybe he wouldn't have been as interesting. Maybe there wouldn't have been as much of a, a big name attached there. But, you know, Green's a fine traffic, but kind of overrated at this point and not really doing much. And Cole Anthony, another rookie, but it's not like he was a great dunker either, yeah. not known for being a great dunker. I don't understand all this vitriol directed Dwayne Wade like he rigged this tournament. Years have passed. Let it go, people. Derek Jones Jr. deserved it. I was there. I watched the dunks in person. Yeah. They were phenomenal, much better than Aaron Gordon's. But anyway, I'll move on. No, I, I are we at the point yet where they have to fix the dunk contest? Because Hasn't that been there the has been a, a bunch it, it it felt like it's been at that point for a while, and yet they haven't done anything. They haven't really addressed the dunk contest in any meaningful well, way. What changed? What changed a couple of years ago, right? It's not like it wasn't system. even the format. Oh, the scoring system to some degree. But what yeah. changed? Having Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. and great dunkers. In yeah. the competition. Well, that's the thing like, is nobody wants to do it because 
Best case scenario, you win the dunk contest. Okay, whatever. Worst case scenario, you embarrass yourself on national television over and over and over again to the point who like was Jalen who, who, like Jalen Green, Wanda Scano, and some of these guys that just like couldn't get a dunk to go in. And it's that's embarrassing. And that's the worst case scenario. Um, that's like my thing with fantasy football. Like best case scenario, you win your fantasy football league and, and a couple hundred bucks. Worst case scenario, you hate your life for you know 20 weeks out of the year because you're just really frustrated. Um, hmm. I I there's not really a reward. To doing the dunk contest right now that is worth actually participating oh. in the dunk contest and so the nba has to address it look they've addressed the actual all-star game we've talked about the elam ending and all these things to try to make it more fun they even ch- they've changed the skills challenge a million times just to try to make it something that was interesting they have literally addressed every part of the NBA All-Star Weekend trying to fix it and make it more interesting and evolve. And it's not that it was uninteresting before, but it gets uninteresting the more you do it. And so they try to evolve the weekend. They haven't really done anything to the dunk contest. And it's just really, right. how many dunks can you possibly do? It's hard. It's really, really difficult to come up with a new dunk. And so I don't know what has to change. I don't know how you fix it, but you have to do something that, number one, you get guys that you want to watch. That job ja Morant, uh, 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 in-game dunk in the all-star game. in-game dunk yeah. in the all-star game where he finished backwards was better than anything i saw in the dunk contest and it wasn't close and so maybe right. you just put the dunk contest in the all-star game how about that Ooh. just have the dunk contest in the all-star game itself where you actually wow. have judges and every time there's a dunk you flash to shaquille o'neal and charles barkley and maybe Dwayne wade's <laughs> not allowed to do it anymore but whoever it is and they just have a sign and go okay and then by the end of the game you award the all-star mvp the game mvp and the dunk contest champion I think they need to incentivize it, right? Like if you're if you're worried about getting the right players in there, well, guess what? Up the ante a little bit. Throw some money into that pot. Let's see. Let's see them bring a little spice to this. Like I mean, if you dangle what five hundred thousand dollars, maybe. I mean, I've seen some reports as much of a million dollars being in consideration, but it seems a little extreme. But how much money would it take to get like the biggest names in the business to participate in? But this? does like right. who would you have wanted? Like to me, I think John Morant. Obviously, I would have wanted Anthony Edwards. Let's just take those two names just right off the bat. Two young guys in the NBA. That would have been good. Uh, would have been a lot. But like, it would have been great names. You would have assumed the dunks would have been really cool. But would they have been? Like, how many? Like, that's that's my thing. Is like, how many more new fun dunks can you create? I don't. I, it just isn't all that interesting. And even jumping over a car, it's like, all right, I saw Blake Griffin do that. Like, I, you know, maybe it's on us to be spoiled, but it's not. Like, you're the entertainment vehicle you're the business that's supposed to entertain us it's not on me to be entertained it's on you to entertain me and so i I, even a big name would have drawn me in to watch it but it doesn't necessarily mean that it would have been entertaining and so you need to fix did you not find any yeah did you not define uh or did you not find the the aaron gordon you know drunks like uh leaping over stuff the magic dragon or no i'm so over just jumping over a a thing just okay you jumped over a person like who cares like i don't care if you jump over your mascot i've seen that a million times i don't care if you jump over your trainer i don't care if you jump over a teammate like i don't care who you jump over it means no it makes no difference to me if you're jumping over spike lee or if you're jumping over lebron james i don't care I've, how many times do I have to see somebody jump over somebody else? So scrap it then, huh? You're you're at that point where you have to just scrap it. I think you have to really fix the dunk. I, I, I you really have to address it, just because I don't know how many more new ideas are are are, are out there. 
what else could replace it? Like the three point shootout is still fun because it's a competition. Like there, there's some, you know, there's yes. some emotion involved in that because you're, you're going up against something. I think very you put the dunk the contest in the game. That way you're getting in game dunks. I am way more impressed with a really cool in game dunk than somebody jumping over Spike Lee. I just am. I just am. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think you put the dunk contest in the all star game. That's what you do. Because then you're guaranteed all the game, all the dunks will be in-game dunks, and then you get your teammates involved. It's more natural. You can get like outlet passes and stuff like that. It, that to me would be way more fun. That would be really cool. What if they incorporate the same elements of like the three-point shooter? Like if you had to complete a certain number of dunks within a certain amount of time, like so that you know a player mm-hmm. like Jalen Green, you know, winds up obviously losing it, uh, you know, something like that. I mean, we've seen that before. Like I'll, I'll, an early memory of the slam dunk contest for me was watching slam. I mean, uh, Sean Kemp of the Seattle Supersonics, uh, a favorite player of mine to watch at the time. And like thinking he was a great in-game dunker, he was going to be phenomenal. And his hands were too small. He just couldn't palm the ball and just watching it carry him off the back of the rim over and over and thinking, oh God, just take him out. This is humiliating. Uh, you know, at some point you just have to be able to, to just recognize. What if you did it like uh, like horse? Like you had four, you had four contestants, mm-hmm. four rounds. Each contestant leads one round. And then all the, he starts dunking and then everybody has to recreate the dunk that he just did. It'll be too slow. Like that's part of the problem, right? Like it's, I think people would think, oh God, we got to wait for him to show it. You know, what if they miss the dunk and we just got to watch this? Like how long? Well, if you miss the dunk, then you lose. I suppose. That's how horse works, right? Then you get the H. Uh, So then you're basically guaranteed like nobody has a double miss dunk. Like you miss the dunk, you're done. Go to the side, next person's turn. So maybe you could do like, or, or kind of to my point where it's, you can't really come up with any new dunks. Maybe you just do a whole thing of recreating old dunks. Like, hey, all right, everybody do the Vince Carter one. All right, now everybody do the Gerald Green blow at the cupcake one. Like, I don't know. And then that way you include the history. (laughs) Like, just – and then the person who recreates the most dunks the best. I don't know. All of this – all of these ideas sound way better than the current format, which is just roll the ball out there and and dunk over nobody. Like, dunk against no one. Just do these (laughs) practice dunks and you kind of suck at it anyway because you're way hungover. And it's we're seventy five percent of the se- the way through the season. You have tired legs anyway. Um, I don't know. It's just I, I. It was it was the this was the most disappointing. Look again. I don't mean to keep bashing Warriors players on on this this podcast, but like I, I like Juan Descano Anderson a lot. But yeah. that dude's like the eleventh man in the rotation. Like really, like we can't do better than this. Like and again, yeah, I so. really like Juan Descano Anderson as a person, and he so is a really Caleb good dunker, but he's not star here. power. Yeah, and that's why so Caleb Boyk. I don't. I wouldn't even really wanted to watch Caleb Martin in it. Like, I don't. I don't care. I need the star power in there, but I need fresh ideas more than anything. And I think that's the reason why you're not getting the star power. Is there's no. Fre- it's not a fresh format. Nobody worth their salt wants to do this thing. Wow, nobody worth their salt. When, when was the last nobody time you heard that? Nobody worth their salt. I'm not even sure what that means. Well, salt <laughs> is a very important spice, and it was so it's yeah. such a precious commodity that it you know you're you're worth in salt. Your weight, you're worth worth your weight in salt, you know, that, or gold, yeah. etc. So that's uh, I think that that's kind of the origin. You're worth your yeah. weight in salt, David. Yeah, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. I mean, that, that's a lot of salt too. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks so much. Make sure to stay, stay tuned for the rest of the week as we bring you more coverage. We're going to have a special locked on NBA roundtable from some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Wes, you'll be there representing the Miami Heat. You'll also be leading that show and talking to some of the hosts that cover the other best teams in the Eastern Conference. So make sure to stay tuned for that. That'll be tomorrow's episode. And we'll also have some great shows later on the week when we ask the big questions that face the Miami Heat for the last 23 games of the regular season. But thank you again for making Locked on Heat 
your first listen every day. Make sure you make your second listen Locked on NBA, Locked on Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. This is David Romil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.